there's never any doubts in my mind because I'm the best in the world, even though a lot of you don't like to hear it. I just, it's facts, I'm the best, you know what I mean? I sometimes, I don't want to believe in myself, but it's the truth, I'm the best. And I'm just convinced, you know what I mean? These fellas, I didn't challenge me with their somewhat prim primitive skills. They're just as good as dead. Dreamed about them, they said they must have been Man stand tall, man masculine Anyway, go, you wanna blast the thing Blast that blast, stop picking on everyone Damn, son, where'd you find this? I let you make a killing in the disco DJ, play my rhythm Man have a dance right before we begin Everybody, they ask me where else will I do? Is this the look I love you trap? Don't violate, I throw this glass in your face Don't make me teach you no be class on a dick Cause toxic as children Don't know any other way Toxic as children Don't know any other way My nigga, how many times do I have to remind you that Stepped in the place, now they're climbing walls Cause my brother's first name is Bala Last name is Clava They pop a lava Science, matter Chuchu, Calaba My fist get them uncontrollable bladder it's your boy, Sunny Friends in the motherfucking building, Mr. 365, coming in live. Ooh, we let's get him. Man can't just stop picking seat. I love to play the villain. I like to make a killing. I just come let y'all know stop. Put some respect on my name. You understand me? And y'all say my name. Put some respect on this party. Alright, y'all already know what time it is. It's your boy Fuzzy Vision. Trying to see the world clear one day at a time. And you know what time it is. Far from normal podcast, baby. What it do, Sonny? We here, we go get this motherfucking party started. Man stand tall, man masculine Anyway you go, you wanna blast the thing Blast that, Right, you already know what time it is So far from normal bros And we back at it again First of all, I'ma need you to tell a friend To tell a friend To tell a mother effing friend To follow and subscribe to your boys We on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts And other podcast platforms as well You can catch us on the gram that's at far, far underscore from underscore normal underscore podcast. Make sure you check that out. We got the visuals up there. We got everything going on up there. You can catch us, obviously, on TikTok, and you can catch us on YouTube. Make sure you write in Far From Normal Podcast, and we got all our content up there. We got shorts. We got clips, and we're going to clean things up, make shit come out better, and that's just the process. You know how it is. It's Far From Normal. That's the gang. That's what we do, and obviously, last but not least, you already know. It's your boy, Fuzzy vision i see it all i see the world clear vision with two ends make sure you follow your boy for any likes dislikes rebuttals or if you want to be on the podcast sunny let him know the handle baby you already know what it is it's your boy sunny frames you can catch me at sunny frames s-o-n-n-y frames double s at the end Make sure when you check out my gram, check out my stories because I post a lot of stuff that has to deal with inspirational men 
and what they've done in a lifetime. So a lot of that contest has to do with motivation, inspiration, and taking action, execution, to be more exact. And a lot of people don't do the execution stage. They usually leave their dreams in dream world. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. So we need you to get it out of the dream world and make it a reality. And that's what we preach over here at Far From Normal. And as Fuzzy said... If you have any debates or rebuttal, any debates or rebuttals, make sure to hit us up on the DMs because we're always open for dialogue and we're always open to new titles and new episodes to put on. And we always would like to get new interviewees on board. So make sure you hit us up and fuzzy. Let's get them. All right. Y'all already know, so Far From Normal grows, and we back at it again. This is another episode of the Far From Normal Far From Normal podcast. Y'all already know, today we got a special calling guest. So today we're going to talk about entrepreneur, um, I guess, we're going to talk about entrepreneurship once again, and we're going to talk about uh, those that have done things differently outside of the norm. It's always what we we uh push on this podcast we like to get interesting individuals people we know friends family whatever the case may be but we do want to have a different perspective in terms of the conversation sometimes it could be about relationships sometimes it can be about masculinity discipline fitness um business content so we mix it up but we do want to have unique perspectives from people from every different walks of life and that doesn't matter on the age, race, gender. We bring everyone on the podcast and make sure that, you know, they can get their their voice heard. So today we're going to bring a special guest. And today we're going to basically talk about self-improvement, self-mastery, um, how to get to that point. Uh, the guest we're going to talk about actually has created an ebook, and pretty much the book is going to, we're going to discuss the book actually with the author and he's going to let us know exactly how he created this book, why he created the book, what the motivation was behind the book and why, you know, self mastery and self improvement is so important and people overlook it. They never really take the time to self reflect. And that's the big issue in our, in this day and age in our society is that we're so distracted by, you know, our phones 24 seven, all the apps going on, whether you know, it could be Netflix, we're watching a movie, it could be Spotify, we're listening to to music or even a podcast. You know, a lot of these things are distractions. Of course, you could get information from many of those um, platforms, but depends on the way you use it. So we're going to get into that whole topic. And um, is the guest on the line? We're going to double check right now, make sure we got our guest on the line. Yo, 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 yo. Okay, okay. So we got a guest on the line. We got a special guest. All right. First of all, before we even start, I do want to let you know you are on the Far From Normal podcast with your boy, Sunny Frames. And your boy, Fuzzy Vision. And before we start any of our podcasts, we always make sure that we give our guests a warm welcome. Because it's always a pleasure when we have guests on. All right, all right. So, now, let's first give the viewers and listeners a brief introduction 
of yourself and who you are. Please introduce yourself, special guest. Yo, yo, what's good? What's good, everyone? Uh, my name is Bradley Martin. Um, I'm a dedicated self-mastery coach, and I'm the, a proud author of the Iron Armor Paradox, the Iron Armor Paradox. Um, I'm very passionate about, you know, just empowering individuals to break free from their own self-imposed barriers, fears that may maybe, you know, hold them back. And I'm just about, you know, guiding them to a purposeful driven life. Um, and if you're really intrigued from this concept of the iron on paradox and you're keen to, you know, learn more, um, you can, you know, grab a copy of my book at my website, uh, bradleymartinwellness.com. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Bradley A. Martin. And on mm-hmm. Facebook as Bradley Martin. So, you know, I'm really excited to, to be here and to have this conversation. So uh, let's get it. This is great, man. This is great. <clears throat> so, man, I'm so excited on talking about your book, man, because Bradley's a good friend of mine. Uh, known him for a couple years now. And... You know, the fact that he got to this point where he dropped a book, an ebook, is amazing because a lot of people never take the steps into accomplishing something that they would like to accomplish. They usually leave these things in their head, in their mind. They leave it as a dream rather than making it a reality. So how did you turn your idea of wanting to write your own book to actually writing your own book? Um. So uh, for me, you know, the honest, the honest truth is, like you said, you know, I definitely had this, I had an idea of writing a book for a long time, to be honest. And I just, mm. um, it just took me a while to make it tangible, right? Mm. So um, this process for me was a, it was a, it was a challenging process, but it was a lot of uh, enlightenment, you know. Um, you know, the concept of the iron arm paradox, it was just something that had been like sitting with me and just on my mind for a while. You know, it was rooted in my, you know, uh, personal experiences um, and interactions that I had. Mm. Um, so, like, you know, just to give you some background on how it happened, I was kind of just doing a lot of reflecting. So I do a lot of reflecting. If you read the book, you know, I talk a lot about, like, journal and it's yep. just doing, like, yep. you know, deep introspection. So what happened is I started, like, you know, questioning some of my behaviors that I was having at the time. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I would question um, – and what really sparked it was like about I kind of got into my relationships, mm. and I was trying to figure out um, why every time you know I was you know, with a woman, she was trying to love me and give me all her love. I was as soon as I would they, we would get too close, I would kind of self sabotage and I would pull away or I would create distance on my own. Like I would find a way to create that distance, whether it was in the form of saying, "Hey, like maybe we should see each other like once a week or mm. every you know once every three weeks." All of these things when I felt myself getting closer to them. Right. And I was trying to figure out, you know, you know, why do I keep having the same pattern and where it's coming from? Mm. So I'm like, um, all right. Um, I started reflecting and going back and I've seen that, you know, everybody that ever let close to me when I was a child just really kind of hurt me. All the people that ever hurt me was the people that's really close to me. Mm. I had a really bad uh, past relationship. So I kind of like I put up this wall to protect me. Mm. And that's where, you know, the iron armor come at. Right. So I put up this armor to really protect myself from being hurt again. Right. From being vulnerable again. Mm-hmm. So, um, but the paradox was like, at the same time, I'm protecting myself from this. I'm also hindering myself or restricting myself from authentic love, Bad. from experiencing true, meaningful connection mm-hmm. uh, with someone. So that's kind of how I, um, you know, came up 
with the concept, um, to mm. be honest. I just was trying to describe, you know, something that I've been through. Um, and then I just felt like there's really strong pull to, um, you know, share this concept with the world because, I mean, I knew if I was going through this and, um, you know, as a, as a self-mastery coach, a lot of my clients, they go through similar things like this. So I knew that I wasn't the only one. So, like, I just wanted to kind of share this with people and just create, um, you know, a guide um, to overcoming this iron armor paradox. So um, from there, it just it just took a lot of um, just, you know, discipline, introspection um, mm. and things like that. Mm. So I was I was going to say in terms of vulnerability, <clears throat> because the book, The Iron Armor Paradox, it talks a lot about vulnerability and you opening yourself up because there are certain aspects in your life when you were living in uh, West Philly where you felt as if you were boxed in and you were only able to do certain things and things that were not part of the norm were, were considered as strange. But mm-hmm. what I wanted to ask was in terms of vulnerability, how vulnerable are you talking? Because for me, I have to challenge that statement because when it comes to vulnerability, right, when you leave yourself open too much, there's room for a lot of pain and suffering when that happens. For example, let's say you live in the neighborhood. You're not too familiar with the neighborhood. Would you leave your door unlocked or your car unlocked when you go to your house? Um, so um, I think this is completely different. And I don't know if this is related to, in my opinion, if this is so related to accountability. Like there comes a point when you still got to make calculated decisions. Like I know if I lived in a, like I come from an environment um, that's very, very rough, if you want to call it that way yeah. or whatever it gets to mm-hmm. be. Nobody leaves, nobody leaves that door open. So okay. it's like, that's not, you know, being vulnerable. That's just like, you, you're you not going to, people opportunities. So if I, you know, <laughs> make myself, if I leave, if it was a mistake, they're going to take advantage of that and take that. Okay, so um, that's, see, see right there. So right there, that's what I'm talking about. Because I was just, I'm giving it in a, it sounds like a literal meaning, but I'm speaking figuratively because internally it's the same thing, right? Where if you leave yourself too open, people are opportunists and they're going to take advantage. It's the same thing as leaving your door open or leaving your car door open. It has to be calculated because people, there's always going to be people that are going to take it. Um, they're going to take advantage of you being vulnerable. That's just life in general. So that's why the the concept of vulnerability has to have parameters on it because people will take advantage when the opportunity is presented to them. Yeah. Um, so in, in this case, I would I would say to you that um, you know you still have to to, to embrace that vulnerability. Like we can't walk around, um, you know, just thinking like this. Like that's one thing I would say. Like we can't think about thinking everybody out to get us. That's the problem with the world today. Everybody. Just think everybody out to get them. That's one thing. But another thing is when you're on this journey of self-mastery, like you're going to learn to um, when it's time to fully open up. I'm not suggesting that people just go out when you just wear your heart in your sleeve and you mm. you open up to everybody and you put yourself out there to people to take advantage of. Of course, there's people out there. We live in a world that's good and bad. So mm. if you there's going to be people that's looking to take advantage of you. But mm. at the same time, when you go on this journey, you're going to learn to pick up on that quicker. Um, you know, mm. just to go into that deeper, like I just think like, like when I talk about vulnerability, I just think like a lot of times it's really misunderstood. Like people just really see it as like, 
it's this sign of, a sign of weakness or like, especially in, in uh, the context of like traditional ma- uh, ma- masculine norms, like, mm. but like through the iron arm paradox, like I come to realize that vulnerability is a pathway to like authentic strength. So like, cause think about it, like at its core, like vulnerability is just showing up and being seen. So when I talk about vulnerability, I'm talking about showing up and being seen, even when there's a risk of judgment, judgment or criticism. Mm. Okay. Right. So it's mm. like, it's like, um, you know, being able to embrace everything regardless of your imperfections or because it's about like allowing ourselves to deeply connect with, you know, others. Like that's really what it is. It's like mm. the connection. The connection is the essence of, uh, you know, our human experience. And I think a lot of times like, you know, society has like misplaced what vulnerability is and it's mm. like or what, what these things is. And then we kind of, um, you know, take on that approach, especially for men like. Mm. I think, you know, um, I'm a man and in my book, like you say, I talk about running be a lot. And I think as men, like it's even more crucial to us, like, because historically, like the way society places expectations on us is conditioned us to be so stoic and, and it, to suppress our emotions and to always be strong. And it just lead us to like, you know, wear a mask. And then we cut our, we cut ourselves off from our feelings. And then we, 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 we fill it up with external things. We fill it up with the porn, the drinking, mm. uh, the sleeping around with all the women, um, gambling, addiction, so many things that we do because we don't know how to express ourselves and we become prisoners of our own emotions. So, like, for me, I think, at, and then it leads to what? You know, mental health issues. It leads to suicide rate. Look at the suicide rate in men, mm. right? It's because we so much suppressing and holding everything in um, but if we learn to embrace vulnerability and just allow ourselves to really experience the full spectrum of emotion, like then we can foster or, or even like develop a deeper uh, connection with other people, in my opinion. Mm. So I had a question. <clears throat> when it comes to <clears throat> vulnerability, now, when you're being vulnerable, like how do you understand who you can be vulnerable with or what you can be vulnerable with because you talk about vulnerability it's it's good to embrace it but when you embrace vulnerability is that a solo thing or is that something that because obviously you might embrace your own vulnerability but you might have to expose your vulnerability to others so how do you decide who you're going to be vulnerable with and who to trust yeah i think this comes from learn from learn experiences so we all have experiences like you like for example, like you you learn to uh, to pick up on things. I keep saying this when you when you start learning self mastery, you do a lot of uh, self awareness and self reflection, right? Mm. You able to pick up on um, when someone is being genuine and not being genuine. Mm. Like if we just if we just sit here and say like like if we have this mindset that everybody's out to get us, then that's what's going to happen. And that's what I'm a big believer in. So if you if you're sitting there thinking, yo, if I do this, this person going to they're going to be trying to get me or take advantage of me, then they probably will. Cause you already um, doing it out of a place of fear. Um, but at the same time you have to, I'm not suggesting again, that you just open up to every single person. Mm-hmm. So if we're talking about relationships. I'm not suggesting that this first person you meet, you just be super vulnerable and share all your stories and share all your insecurities with. That's not what I'm suggesting. Mm-hmm. I'm suggesting that you do be open enough to, uh, to be open to it. You'd be open to having certain conversations. You be open to making the connections, and then when the connection gets deeper and deeper, then you know to to pull a little, uh, pull more layers of your armor back, as what I would say, to be a little bit more vulnerable. So it's about like it's a it's a process, it's a journey. Okay, okay. So how how did you get to that point? Like, um, because obviously you know people would want to be more vulnerable, but of course, 
uh, due to their experiences in life, obviously abuse, um, you know, whether it's bullied, um, ridicule, whatever the case may be that people suffered from, that obviously prevents them from being vulnerable to a certain extent because some people have been ridiculed for being vulnerable, of course, for it being a weakness or a sign of weakness, like just like a, you know, a man crying in front of his woman, um, you know, or being overly emotion and emotional in front of his women. Obviously, a lot of women that will turn them off. So men would obviously stray away from there because they would think, okay, that's more of a feminine uh, characteristic, at least according to society or traditionally. So how about in in those cases of you know where? Sometimes your vulnerability can be to your detriment. Do you think that people have to understand your vulnerability, or is that just for you to understand? Yeah, so um, I think in a perfect world, you will want people to understand it. But the honest truth is, like, the, honest, the, the whole idea of uh, vulnerability is, like, regardless of um, what that reaction is going to be, you be you. So that's, that's even what it means to be your authentic self, right? Mm-hmm. Like, regardless of what the reactions of other people or the world, I'm going to be me. But I think mm-hmm. that... Um, but what you're talking about is like, or maybe what we're missing here is like the idea that like we need to be uh, emotional intelligent. Like, okay. so okay. As, yeah. as a man or as a woman, right? Whoever it may be, like if you're, if you're emotional intelligent enough, then you will know like when it's time to, or who to be, you know, uh, vulnerable with uh-huh. or mm-hmm. when somebody's taking advantage of it. So like, it's, it's, it's not just, I'm not just suggesting you wake up in the morning and just go outside and start crying. And vulnerability <laughs> is not about like, um, I'm not suggesting that you just cry all the time either. Like, I'm not saying that. Mm. But on the other side, to be honest, like, you got to ask yourself the, the deep questions. Like, would you rather hold everything in and uh, suppress everything and then you start having these suicidal thoughts, right? Would you rather that? Would you rather keep on having all these external fixes? Like, would you rather keep on going to the drugs and the bottle and all of these other things? Or are you willing to just let out that cry if you need to? And I'm not suggesting that you just go cry in front of your woman either, mm. but... You, we need a we need a place that where we can let let these things go because most of vulnerability is being with yourself first. So I'm not suggesting that you got to be vulnerable in front of all these people. If you need to go in your safe space and let out your cry, then you go let out that scream, you go let out that cry, mm. and then you move on. But that's kind of what it's about, just understanding that I need to let this out. I can't keep holding on to this because the more I hold and suppress this in, the more detrimental it is to my health. Okay, so my thing my thing is I think there's a misconception of people that don't let their emotions out in the sense of crying and um, it it doesn't always end up in a destructive manner because you're naming like alcohol, mm-hmm. porn. People that don't let their emotions out, kid, they could basically channel that into boxing or MMA training or um, doing yoga classes or dancing or running or exercising. There's multiple areas that are um, positive things that they can incorporate in their life when they release their emotions. So Mm -hmm. even though they may behave in a stoic manner in the sense that they don't show their emotions to certain people, they still let their emotions out in different ways that can still be beneficial to their life. It's just that in the comfort of other people, their guard might still be up because... They, the thing is, we also don't understand ourselves. So how can I trust somebody to understand me when I don't even understand myself yet? I'm still growing. I'm still evolving every day, mm-hmm. every week, every month, every year. 
there's some new layer that I discovered about myself. So now if someone's saying, hey, um, you should open yourself up more to like outsiders and, you know, the more external. But sometimes the it's when you release, when you open yourself up externally is sometimes where the most damage is made because psychologically when they know so much about you and they choose to use it against you in the future because again we don't understand humans nor do we understand uh, we we don't understand humans nor do we understand ourselves you don't know in over time how dangerous the information you give to somebody can be to yourself in the future so if we could let's talk about a situation okay. like a marriage, right? For a marriage, for example, mm-hmm. you could you could have had twelve amazing years with this woman, and over time you started opening up slowly, slowly. Different layers were opening up, and then all of a sudden, you know, it it turns into something really ugly. And this is, uh, and I'm speaking of marriage because I know a guy that it happened to, where he knew his woman since high school, and you know. Through the years, he opened up, opened up. And then mm-hmm. eventually, during the COVID time period, I don't know, they discovered something about each other and they didn't like they didn't like it. And a lot of people were getting divorced during that time period. And this is a woman that he knew for 12 years. He didn't know she was going to go after him in divorce with her lawyer and, like, really try and take him for everything he got. And... And this is due to being so vulnerable through the years that he could never have seen something of that nature transpiring in the future. So the the thing that's dangerous about um, being vulnerable and opening up so many layers and so many gateways is that over time, there is no defensive mechanism that can protect you from things that can occur. So basically, you don't have an ace in the hole. You're... So your castle defenses are down and there's just room for invaders. Okay. You, you said a lot here. So I wanna, I'm want to i going to try my best to dissect a lot because you said a lot and I wanted to jump in earlier. <laughs> okay. So I'll try my best. And if I miss and I, if I miss and if I miss anything, we just I just want you to you can just, you know, say something again. But I'm gonna right, start right. from the beginning. Okay. So the first thing, like, we need to get clear on this vulnerability thing. Vulnerability is just not about relationships and it's not about you, you know just your feelings like and yeah. you know sharing your feelings with somebody and sharing insecurities so that's one aspect of vulnerability okay. okay like like another aspect of vulnerability like i talk about is like it's just daring to be different like daring stop trying to fit in so a lot of times people always trying to fit in yeah you did um, mention that about you did mention lot, the book. right yeah, you so did this is that. the idea of like of like vulnerability like i'll give you an example too from the book is like me playing football everybody in the neighborhood is like bradley's the football player like you mr espn like this is what you're supposed to do. So now I feel like I got to be in this. This is my identity. That's true. Yes. So like being vulnerable, being vulnerable is just being able to question that, being able to stand up and say, wait a minute, I'm willing to step out of this identity that was given to me or that, that used to be me and step into something new, regardless mm. of what everybody else is going to say mm. or do. Right. That's what vulnerability is. It's not so much about, um, you know, the marriages and, and, and sharing our feelings all the time. That's just one aspect of it. Another thing you talked about was um, outlets. So another part of vulnerability is, yes, being willing to find uh, other outlets. So you say a lot of people don't, you know, partake in these external things to, you know, 
deal with their feelings or whatever case may be or release, mm. right? Which is true. But like part of being brown is actually being open to even try yoga, mm. being open to even try That's meditation. Mm. Do you know how many people where I'm from, definitely they won't even dive into uh, yoga or anything because they yeah. so worried about what everybody's going to say. That's yeah. gay. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're doing this, da, 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 all of these things. That's where vulnerability is. And another mm-hmm. thing I would tell you is the whole reason why I even started coaching was when COVID happened, you talked about people having these healthy outlets with the gym and boxing. Yeah. Let's talk about how many football players and how many boxers, because they this is their only outlet, that they start getting abusive and punching on their women because they don't know how to control their emotions. They don't know how to... Uh, let them out. No, in so a I, no, way. I, did, I didn't say that. That's um, they were using boxing and uh, exercising during that time period of COVID. I was saying that uh, there was a lot of divorces that occurred during the COVID time period because these people that were in relationships for a long period of time they had their moments where they didn't see their spouse so much, so frequently that when they actually started seeing their spouse frequently, it actually caused rifts in that relationship yeah. that they didn't know that they had. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get to that part. I'm, okay. I'm going to get to that part, right. I promise. The right. only thing I'm talking about, because you said, like, you, you you made a statement and said everybody don't, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. use all the drugs, alcohol. What I'm yeah. saying to you is, oh, those same people, like, what happened, I'm giving you another example. What happened during COVID is the gyms closed down, mm. and then now people didn't have that outlet to, to get those emotions out. Mm. So a lot of people were stuck in the house with their own thoughts and they didn't know what to do with their own thoughts. Mm-hmm. It was the first time that so many people spent time by themselves mm, with yeah. nothing. And, yeah. it, and so many people broke down mm. all the, the, you know, some of my clients are the most built and strongest people you'll ever see mm. physically, mm. but be, they don't know what to do with their, their own thoughts or emotions when they no longer have this outlet as the gym or boxing. So that's the, that's the, that's the point I was making. It's like, okay. at the same time, these things also become a piece of the armor. Like, yeah, so I'm going to go to the gym every time I'm upset or every time I'm angry, or every time I need to release, right? But what happens when the gym is not there? That's true. But what happens then? That's the question that we need to ask ourselves. Now, to go into that marriage thing, another thing you just said about that, you was like, it's the first time these people were spending their time with each other and all this, all this kind of stuff. It's, it's the same concept. It's like, you, we can we can still tap on vulnerability if you want in this, but it's like so many people don't know how to communicate from the beginning. So many people don't understand their own self. So therefore, you have all these people that finally they get closed in a house or apartment by themselves, and they've never done it before. And they, they all the things that all these things start coming out. They start seeing all of these other um, these sides of their partner, these sides of their self that they didn't even know. Like you said, you you said something earlier. You was like. Most people don't even know their self. And that's the whole thing about the iron-on paradox is like you have to be willing to challenge everything that you believe about yourself and everything. You have to question everything. What what do I do every day? What habits do I have that hinder my growth? Like what what am I doing mm. to, to stop myself from getting where I want to go? This is where it started. So mm. first you have to – that's what self-mastery is all about. You have to be able to – to really understand yourself or be willing to challenge yourself mm-hmm. and keep on improving and keep on trying to figure out this, this thing called life. That's what self-mastery is. It's not about, it's no end goal. Like you just be like, Hey, I'm the, I'm at the pinnacle of self-mastery now. It's like, it's an ongoing process. Okay. So it's an ongoing process. Um, I just wanted to mention one mm-hmm. part in your book. So I highlighted this part that I thought was very interesting. You, you said, Our armor locks us in a cycle of self-defeating behaviors and beliefs, holding us captive in our lives. 
It limits our potential, stunning our growth and preventing us from realizing our true capabilities. We become prisoners of our making, shackled by the iron chains of fear and self-doubt. And I thought that was very powerful and very strong because I, I definitely resonate with that. That that was uh, interesting. I just wanted to mention that uh, because mm-hmm. I, I am looking at the book. I am reading the book, and I do understand certain concepts of the book. It's just that sometimes well, with anything, you got to put parameters. Like in, in order for people to really understand the message, there has to be parameters around it. So that's why we have to, we have to challenge the certain, certain concepts that you say. Yes, of course. The whole idea, um, what you'll see once you get towards the end of the book, the whole idea of the iron paradox, the iron armor paradox, is to challenge everything. So mm. that's the whole. The whole idea is to challenge everything because, as I said, like in, in in the beginning of the book, it's like all of these beliefs, all of these behaviors, all of these habits, they actually kind of like placed on us. They they actually not ours. Like society, our parents, everything yes. is everybody's telling us what to do, yep. how to act, how to respond. Yep. So therefore, like. We, we believe these things. We took on these beliefs and we started living our life this way. What I'm saying to you is challenge it. Challenge everything. Mm. And then you find the answer. Then you find your way. It might be true. I don't care what it is. You, religion or anything, challenge it. Because it's something that somebody else placed on you. Like so many people, parents, I talked about this in the book, so many parents will just place a religion on somebody because that's what they believed in. Or so many people will place... You need to be a doctor because I'm a doctor. You need to be a teacher because I'm a teacher. You need to be a football player because I'm a football player. What I'm saying to you is, no, challenge that. Be you. Be your authentic self. What do you want out of life? The only way you're going to ever find that is by asking the questions and being totally honest with yourself. That's where it starts. So mm. you, it's about the inner work with, like, really deep diving and self-reflecting. That's kind of like what I do. That's what really got me through my whole journey. It's about self-reflection. That's kind of what I do when, in my coaching. I just... Like, everybody know the answers. They got their own answers, but mm. I'm just, like, a guide to facilitate them, to help them through this journey and, and get it out. But at the same time, I'm also continuously learning and growing and confronting my own challenges. Even during this time writing a book, mm. ironically, those same, like, limited beliefs came up when I got to certain pieces of the book where I'm like, dang, is this, am I articulating this the right way? Mm, mm. Like, are people going to be receptive of this? Mm. So it's not like you, you just go away, but... Self-mastery is about having the tools to, to remove those limited beliefs, having the tools to reframe situations and see different angles or just having the courage to try something different mm. or be open to a different concept. <laughs> okay. I, under- I understand that. So I guess what you're trying to say, like mainly the it sounds like even in the book, the main thing of the vulnerability you're talking about is the vulnerability you have, you know, amongst yourself. So you yeah. you versus yourself in that sense yeah. where you have to be because that's harder. Sometimes it's, it's harder to be honest with yourself because a lot of people mm-hmm. don't have the time to self-reflect. They don't go to the mirror and, and really take a good look and say, I'm living my life wrong. I, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. You know, sometimes I don't know if you've ever had a moment like this, but <clears throat> Sometimes you'll do something in life and you won't be proud of it. And you you might go home and think about it and sit down and really think about it, like genuinely think about it. Not because someone told you, not because of, you know, any external things. It's just deep down inside. 
you feel like something's off. You feel like you're you're not going down the right path that you should be going down. You're doing something that's not you pretty much. You're doing something that's um, that you shouldn't be doing. And I think that's the, the toughest part to really self-reflect on because – who can who can coach you but you right like no, somebody can come in and you can explain your problems to them but they're not they don't have the ability to help you make that change now they mm. can give their opinion or they can judge you depending on who you, you you're talking to but at the end of the day from what you're saying it sounds like you um you're more gearing towards uh self-reflection and people really taking the time out to think about their lives, think about their decisions, think about where they want to be in life, and also things that they're curious about because it sounds like your book's about curiosity and, and having people, you know, uh, challenge themselves and put themselves in uh, different scenarios or different yeah. environments or whatever it is. Uncomfortable situations. Absolutely. Uncomfortable situations. So, yeah, speaking of, like, uncomfortable situations, there's another part in the book that you said, like, I thought this was a very uh, – Interesting one, because I've been in these situations where um, you said, I carried remnants of my past, my iron armor, even in South Africa, when my new friends decided to go skinny dipping. My first response mm -hmm. was, it was white people's stuff. In truth, it was the fear of judgment that held me back. The iron, the, I mean, the armor re resurfaced again and again, shielding me from experience I could have enjoyed. Whether it was the fear of judgment for singing at a karaoke bar or the embarrassment of being heard while using the bathroom, I was chained by the thoughts of what others would think. And I could say that we all face that because of old programming. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about the, the programmings that we received as children and to challenge those belief systems and to go beyond it and do stuff that you're uncomfortable with doing, even if you feel embarrassed, you know, just stepping out, and I guess that's the concept of the iron armor paradox, where you're stepping out of that type of iron armor, and you're trying to release yourself of that burden and trying to um, be something new. Mm. Yeah, definitely, and uh, definitely, uh, too, and I want to just say, because I know you said something about, um, I did, for me, because I'm a coach, right? Yeah. So, like, it's it's not it's it's just a coach is just somebody for me like I can just be able to see different blind spots that you may not be able to see like you said like a lot of people don't know how to like really self reflect so you might need some guidance with that and yes I am a believer that everybody do have the answers inside of them but sometimes we need help and guidance to getting those answers out that is the that's where the kind of the coach come at it's just like in the, any movie or any uh superhero movie it's like this like the sidekick, or obviously, I'm about to watch Dragon Ball Z. Mm -hmm. And like, Goku was the best fighter in the world. He fight everybody, but he always had to go to his, uh, uh, what's the guy name? Master Kai. So he would give him some insight, just a little bit of insight to tell him with the train. But he, Master, he, uh, Master Kai can't beat Goku. Goku the strongest, but he still that's true. have somebody who assists him and help him see. And that's kind of what coaching is. It's like, you the star, but I'm going to guide you in the right way. In every other sport in the world, you want to become a best shooter, Steph Curry get a shooting coach. You want to become fitness, LeBron got a uh, fitness coach. But they the best at their craft, but they still have somebody to Guide help them, them. see things that's that true. they can't always see. And that's kind of where the coaching come at. Another thing you talked about, like the programming. So one of the things that, like that, you know, on my journey, because I did a lot of learning. Like I didn't only just like go through these experiences. Like I've read a lot of books. I've um, I've learned, I'm, I'm now a NLP uh, coach and practitioner, 
which is a neuro linguistic programming. So it's all about the subconscious mind and about, you know, how we get programmed. So we got to like be able to reprogram our, 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 our mind and our brain and our thought process. Because once we do that, then our view of the world changes. Like our view of the world is, uh, is like, it's screwed because, because just especially for me from in America, like everything that we, we pushed out and seen is controlled by somebody else. So like, I'm like, Oh, when I see a person walking across the street, I got to think a certain way or I got to make sure I, I can't wear my hoodie when I'm walking in the street mm. because somebody might rob me and I can't see. And that's something that I went through in China where I'm like, yo, I can be out here and wear my hoodie as long as I want. But I, and I peep like, why do I keep on taking my hoodie off when I'm cold and I'm just walking in the street? And it's because at home, if you got your hoodie on, you can't see that good out your birthday when somebody might jump you. Oh, so it's like, <laughs> I'm not telling you, you, but based on when I go back home, I know I still got a debt right back to that. So I'm not saying that you just let everything out the window, but we got to be able to, we can't be living on edge so much. It's, there's a part of my book where I talk about South Africa and I say I was walking in the street and this guy stopped me. Yo, I, I, remember I really that felt part. this guy part, wanted yeah. to fight me and I'm like, yeah. you know that was what? In South like, Africa. I'm yeah, going to see this guy every day. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to see this guy every day so we might as well get it over with now. Or I'm at doing him anyway, so it's like, but the same thing that 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 past experience made me think that was, but it wasn't that. Like the guy really just wanted to say like, "What's up?" and "How you doing?" and you know, yeah. "What's going on?" I want to hang out with you. <laughs> we and what I mean is we miss we miss those experiences by not being vulnerable. Jesus Maybe God. me and you might not even met. Me and you probably never would have met if if we wasn't willing to speak to us each other. Maybe if we was in America, we probably wouldn't have spoke. If you was walking across the street, or you was at a bar and I was at a bar, but because of the nature of China, like it opened up, up in a way where I'm like, yo, I'm going to talk to you. You're another black man. I'm going to come talk to you. But it ain't like that at home. Yeah, it's a little different yeah. culturally for sure. 100%. But, I mean, I guess I guess in different countries, I, I, I honestly believe people that travel a lot are more open-minded because they're, they're exposed to so many different cultures and they have to adapt mm -hmm. to so many different ways of life that – they're more receptive to they're able to see they're they're able to see people that are actually genuine i think they could pick up on their uh no i i think the big thing is you're forced into change it's yeah, you're just forced, you cannot yeah. you cannot behave the same way you behaved in your country of origin because the status quo the rules yeah. the social etiquette everything is different so if you it's just like if you go to um any, well, any country. I went to China with you, and I seen like some of the Chinese guys touching you, and I'm like, "What's going on here?" And you were saying <laughs> <Yeah>. that, <you laughs> know, and he, he was just explaining to me that, "Yo, this is what you know these guys do. It might they might you know touch you and you know be in awe or whatever, whatever the case may be." <clears throat> yeah. And for me, obviously, I found that strange, and you know, and I can even speak on a situation like where you always have to move differently in certain countries. For example, I was in Colombia not too long ago, and I was casually recording as if I'm back home. Obviously, I never think of the threat of my phone getting stolen, like you know, in broad daylight. Mm -hmm. At least if I if I think of that threat, I'll think of it in a certain area, not just like a public area. Well, anyways, my phone ended up getting snatched by a guy off a motorcycle. And that's another, like, reason and, and why you have to act different and why you have to kind of pretty much change your whole mentality when you travel somewhere because the dangers are different, the opportunities are different, the environment's different. So I think People you learn to shapeshift a little bit better 
when you're out there and seeing different people because again like you said in america it's just like us in canada here if we see another say black gentleman down the street or at a mall or at a public place say for example even if he's the only you know black gentleman in the area we already know there's a like a not big population but there's a population of black people out there it's not an anomaly to us it's not brand new to mm-hmm. us we've seen black people many days and many nights and we don't say hi to everybody yeah we call them our brothers when it comes down to controversial stuff we'll say oh yeah that's th- those are our brothers or if we'll go if we're talking like historically or ancestry wise but truth be told we don't have that type of unity especially if your culture is different if you're caribbean if you're african if you're you know even uh latino uh you know afro latino we all have different cultures so or even african-american yeah, yeah, African i want to i want to ask it i just want to ask a question though so, and because like the, the idea behind this is we got to ask why like we got to because it's like this is so also um a, a society norm that was placed on us and this is what i mean it's like yeah. i'm not saying that we it, i know that it happened but this it shouldn't be like this that's what i'm saying so what i'm saying is like why don't you speak to that man in the mall because like the thing about it is like you just never know who you're about to meet it comes back down to fear it comes down to fear well, ignorance i think that's the biggest thing because i think you could do these things but sometimes we look at like i'll, I'll speak on myself i'll speak on my own personal experience mm-hmm. when i see another black gentleman even at the work site sometimes i work in the trade so <clears throat> so when i walk in in my uh, on a on a work site it's predominantly white it's not going to be, you know, brothers all around. It's not going to be that. You're going to see one, two, three in a, in a group of 50, right? So there's not many. Mm-hmm. So you'd expect when you bump into one, you would be received well, right? You, you'd expect some type of, um, hopefully, some camaraderie or some acknowledgement. But I notice that's not always the case. And even for my sake, I'm not always, you know, so forthcoming with, uh, you know, uh, talking to every guy that look, like is from my color or has my color my skin color i don't necessarily just gravitate towards that because sometimes the energy is not right sometimes you know people yeah. can be from your culture but they don't give off the energy you think you want so sometimes you feel like is that envy is this guy kind of you know pissed off i'm in this position and he's not so sometimes i think it's always a fear-based uh thing where people have these preconceived notions in their head and come to conclusions about how a person you know may perceive themselves so if you're walking around and you see like i said say we're working on construction say say i'm a higher position than a certain black guy now will i feel comfortable to go talk to him or will i think he might be oh this guy thinks he's better than me or is he he out to get your position to get your position so there's always that competition there as (laughs) well and i think that's what you know messes us up i think we're all in our heads we're thinking like hey that's a that's our brother but I think when it comes down to if no one says anything, you you can be an enemy. Honestly, you know, no, you but it's be like that stranger cr- enemy where you guys aren't allies. Yeah, but it's that whole crab in the barrel. It's that whole yeah, crab, crab in the barrel. barrel concept, right? And also, we have to take into consideration. Let's say that you're you're going around saying hi to everybody. Some people perceive that as weakness. They see that as a way of them getting in and just getting a jump on you. So, yes, that's true. So that's another reason why we have our guard up because through through experience led us to have our guard up. Because remember, we don't come in this world with our guard up. That's true. That is developed over time from the experiences that we have and then we learn from those experiences and then we start 
being more cautious and start saying, whoa, hold on. Maybe not everybody has the best intentions in mind. So maybe I should be careful over here. Or Even when I used to, when I was living, because uh, we also grew up in a, a pretty uh, rough neighborhood. Even back then when we would see some black guys, you know, they'll, they'll act like they're friendly and they would um, actually end up robbing another individual, right? They'll come and pose as a friend and then... When the yeah. when the guard goes down, <laughs> when their guard goes down, they get robbed, and then all of a sudden they, yeah. they flip the script and it's like, whoa, wait, wait a minute! I thought I you thought guys we were, were boys. Boys, yeah. it's like, and even that guy, the guy that came with the good intentions, even he thought they were boys, and then he comes to find yeah. out that they weren't even boys to begin with. He was just looking for uh, an opportunity to rob him, and he gave it to him, so he he took it and he ran with it. So. That whole thing of being careful and being cautious is coming through experience and what you've yeah, seen that, in the world, right? It's fear. Fear it's is fear. the biggest yeah. factor in why we don't get along as we should or don't acknowledge people or don't have some respect for some people. I think it's always going to be based yeah. on fear. Yeah. So, again, like, I do I, – I, I believe we have to – you said something really important when you said about energy. So, like, because on your journey, you start to pick up on these things. So, that's what I'm saying. So – Anyway, you're going to be able to pick up on a person who got bad intentions. Like I walk in the street, I can pick up on, I can pick on what, when I'm in the, when I walk in a room, I can see like oh, this person's energy level lower, this person's something off with him. And I can feel that because once you, the crazy thing is like, once you really learn to, um, to feel more, you, you'll be able to feel and see energy. I would say, so you'll be able to pick up on these things. But a lot of things you said was like, it's just the stories you're telling yourself. You was like, it's in my head. Like you made up all of these scenarios that we don't know. Yeah, so it's yeah, like, that's what we, we don't do. know that the person thinks that. And that's the problem. So what I'm saying is we need to challenge that. That's mm -hmm. what I'm saying. We need to challenge that piece right there. I'm not telling you to walk and speak to everybody. And it's not even about just the black person. It's, it's anybody. Like, you don't know who you've got to meet. But because we think everybody out to get us, because we think everybody trying to take our spot, uh, because we think uh, everybody got bad intentions or because they look away. In my book, I talk about I used to have the straightest, serious face all the time, regardless of what. Because, like, that's what I had to put on at that time but what i'm saying we no longer need those you don't live in that area no more mm. so you don't live in the hood anymore now you at work in a working environment you don't need to put on this this crazy hard exterior and not speak to nobody mm. so that's where it comes to question and asking yourself why am i still behaving the same way i was when i lived in this environment when i'm not in the environment no more and well, that's what it's all about hold on before before you get into that it's funny because right. I, I heard a scenario like this so i was in a, i had experience one time where <clears throat> I, I won't mention I, I, I'll I'll speak in third person in a sense but mm -hmm. so pretty much someone said oh why do you why do you listen to this music so obviously say we're talking about hip hop and you know certain hip hop's obviously aggressive violence whatever drugs you know how how hip hop goes so yeah. someone was saying oh well why do you still listen to this music this kind of music and I kind of was confused. I go, like, what do you mean? And he goes, well, you, you listen to this kind of music, but you're not, like, in this environment. I said, well, this is what I grew up on. It wasn't, like, a, a it wasn't, it didn't matter if my environment changed. Because this is how people think. They think, okay, well, if you change your environment, you should change your behavior. But they don't realize that the behavior becomes ingrained, deeply so rooted. It's it becomes deeply rooted and it's ingrained in your in your psyche. I know you think you can delete it, 
but it's still in you. You can obviously change your behavior, but you cannot get rid of it so simply because if you grew up, say, for example, listening to all this type of music, whether you're influenced by it or not, whether you're listening it mm-hmm. for the beats or for the lyrics or to do it literally or not, it still influences your life in a certain way. And that might be how you carry yourself. That might be like, you know, even having a serious face, for example, walking the streets, you know, feeling like you're hard or you're, you know, you're a bad motherfucker. You get what I mean? Like those type of things sometimes come, um, you know, those type of demeanors and those type of things could come from the music. It doesn't have to be all about uh, violence and, and you selling drugs or anything. Sometimes it's just your demeanor, how you portray yourself. You know, some music is more aggressive than others, right? So the person was asking me why I still listen to that music. I said, I grew up on this. He's like, yeah, but you're not not in that environment no more. That's what their argument Mm -hmm. was. It's like, you're not in, yeah, but you're not in that environment no more. So what's the, like, relevancy? And I'm like, well, I grew up on it. But he's like, yeah, but you grew up on a lot of other things as well. So how come you don't do those things, but this one seems to stick with you? And I was kind of, you know, yeah, you think about questions like that and you don't really think about that. You don't really think about when your environment changes. Why haven't you changed along with the environment? So I think a lot of people, even though their environment changed, it's still hard for them to reflect and realize that, you know, they have to change as well as the environment. I think that's the tough part people always go through when it comes to change i think just because the environment change if there's no self-reflection like what you're doing makes sense and what you're advocating for the self uh reflection self-improvement self-mastery that's necessary because again you can be in a different environment and your mentality can be the same like you like they say uh, you know we see we see look at the ball player uh john morant right he's he's a millionaire mm. you know of him and uh, i'm pretty sure you must you, you know of john Moran? yeah 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 and you've heard yes of, i do and, and you've heard of his, his story uh, his uh allegations yeah, i know exactly yes yeah, so, i know i know sir so people would argue like dude you're you're a millionaire man what, what's going on you, you don't understand the position you're in you have all these sponsorship deals but you see why that still gonna argument would it make sense to him because he's looking at it like Oh, but I'm a young boy. I listen to, you know, that type of music. I'm kind of, my boys are on that type of thing. Even though my environment has changed, my friends haven't changed. Certain things haven't changed in my life or certain things have been more enhanced. So all it is, is the environment switch up, but the mentality remains the same. So I think like what you said about the self-reflection, it's the mentality that has to change. Not Even necessarily not, the, not environment. the environment. It's yeah. the mentality. Yeah, you so, can be in the environment and still change your mentality. Exactly. Because right. not everyone in the hood is gangbanging. Not everyone's selling drugs. Some guys are going to university straight yeah. from the hood. Exactly. And yeah, it's, it's, me, so I, I really, okay, I really appreciate you, uh, like, 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 give me that example. Um, I just want to say like two things. Two things to that. Like, you, you're absolutely right that it's a mentality, right? So it's like. I, I'm, I'm an avid believer that you do need to change your environment. That's one piece of it. But yes. you're right. It's not yeah. enough. The thing is this, and that's what I learned on my journey of South Africa and coming to China. It's not enough just to change your environment. You have to change within. You have to change everything that you believe. So in the, the question about music is a really good question because I act like, and I'm not saying that you should just stop listening to music because I still listen to music, but actually you do get to a point where you're like, if you understand the subconscious mind and, and where all these thoughts come from and why you feeling a certain way when you wake up in the morning and why you, you feel it. Like one thing that when I'm in China, I don't 
see the news. Like, there's no news. So, like, when I wake up in the morning, there's no negativity mm. in my morning from music or TV. But mm. in America, no, regardless, when you wake up, it's there. You see it. You hear about the shooting last night. So you don't got to be a gangbanger. I'm not a gangbanger. But just being in that environment and hearing it every day, it, it's going to play parts and uh, affect how you move throughout the day. It's going to affect oh, how you think yeah, out the day. For sure. So it's very important to to be um, very mindful of what you consume in. So I think that is a valid question, but I'm not saying that you have to change the music, but you should maybe question it because it is the truth. Like, it, you would just ask yourself, like, is am I listening to this music? Is it affecting me? Like, is it still affecting the way I move or the way I think? Exactly. Like, you, you don't think about question. it, though. You're right. You don't think about and, these things. Yeah, so that's all it's about. It's just, no. Again, see, question but, everything. Yeah, see, see, but the thing is, even with the whole questioning it, I'm pretty sure my brother did question it in terms of the music and, yeah, why yeah. am I still listening to it? But you also have to understand that the group of people that he hangs around with still listen to that music. So in conversation, they might talk about those artists, you know? So their daily news or their conversations will be based off certain topics where... <clears throat> Let's say um, maybe it's a group of people that like to play basketball all the time. So the conversation mm -hmm. is going to always be driven around basketball. So for one person not watching basketball, they're already out of the loop. Or if you decide to go to some kind of party, some kind of club, the music that they're going to be playing is going to be the same music that you, you were listening to. It's not going to be – you're not going to be at this country um, – uh, festival because you mm -hmm. you weren't listening to that type of music and sometimes you just don't gravitate towards that music because there's nobody in that space that looks like you that um has any type of um not only doesn't well, look behaves like, like you but either. behaves like you yeah so they don't look like yeah. you they don't behave like you there it's very hard to relate to you because they came up from a different environment so when people are feeling ostracized and they're feeling kind of isolated, they tend to not go down that path because it's a lonely road when you go down a path that so few have walked down. So hence why people tend to go backwards and they go to where they're comfortable at. And that yeah, yeah. that's the whole reason why they stay in those those loops. So let's. I just want to make sure we all, you know, get clear on this. Like, it's it's not even a, it's not like it's wrong to listen to the music. So we need to get that clear out. So like, because mm. it's like, let's just say if somebody asks me that question, I'm just like, I like the music. It's yeah. just like yeah. that's what I like mm -hmm. to listen to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not so much of like, it's for me. It's not so much of, um, oh, like, cause this is where I grew up and you're not there. Like that's that's what I was just saying. So it's like, we can question everything, but that don't mean we got to come up with an answer to be like. <laughs> um, dang, I shouldn't listen to this. I'm not saying that, but it's just like be willing to question it. But like, I would just say, like, I still listen to Get Rich or Try Dying on some days when I really want to be motivated to go work out. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I course. don't listen to all the same music that I listen to. But it's like, so I don't. That's what I'm, I'm just saying. Like, it's not that. It's not that it's a wrong thing. But I just think you should be mindful of it. That's what it's about. Yeah, yeah be mindful what, yes, what yes, you yes, yeah. listening yeah. to all the time and questioning. Like, wait a minute, is this having an effect on? How, yeah. uh, I'll give you an example. I'll give you a good example. I used to listen to the weekend, right? Yeah, I swear yeah. to y'all guys, I think I was the weekend. Like, I used to, he'd say some lyrics. I'm like, yo, he wrote that shit for me. <laughs> like, he wrote that for me. I must have wrote that, right? He like he got a, he got a, learn, he got a line that to say, like, 
fuck a bitch, I'm what a bitch need or something like that. I'm looking for the one that can fix me, right? Mm-hmm. I used to be rapping his lyrics word for word all the time. And then I started looking and like, yo, this how I'm acting my relationship. This how I'm acting in my relationship. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is exactly... So I had the question, like, where is this coming from? Even, like, I listen to Brent. Like, Brent got some toxic music, too, and it's like... Oh, yeah, they all got R&B guys are good for start, that. <laughs> they just sing it. You start, to re- you start to realize, like, wait a minute, like, am I... Asking, you got to ask that question, like, is this why I'm kind of have this certain type of behavior? That's true. Now, that it is could true. Be yes yeah. or no, but you got to be willing to ask it. That's, that's true. what I'm saying. So that's kind of what I did. I'm like, wait a minute. Where did this come from? And I'm like, damn, I was listening to the weekend. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm in straight savage mode. You're now feeling, I'm in savage feeling mode. Saucy. Like, you're feeling saucy out the weekend. Yeah. yeah, man. No, you're right about that, oh, though. Yeah. It does influence certain things. Everyone knows uh, the music. It's it's emotional. Um, it's definitely going to, you know, some of the behaviors or some of the things you hear are going to be uh, subconsciously, you know, in your mind. You might not consciously think of it, but. In certain scenarios, they could come out depending on how much you consume and how much influence it has on you. Yeah, and I want to I want to ask uh, Bradley, what where do you draw your inspiration from typically? Because everybody draws their inspiration from different sources, but for you specifically, in terms of going down the road of self improvement, what stirred you or steered you? in that direction because not everybody goes down that road of self-improvement or self-awareness. Um, no, some people don't even care about doing all of that, let alone self-reflect. So what, uh, what's, what draw that focus and what is it? So, um, you know, one of the things that really drawn the focus is just, um, being where I'm from and, and seeing like, I just remember being so trapped and, and confined by my environment and by my, by my, what I thought was my circumstances. Um, so like for me on my personal development journey, it was like, it wasn't really like a, a straightforward. Like it was like, like I started out like struggling. Like I really remember being super broke, depressed and like, and just limited by like my own beliefs, like just always in my head or things that people was telling me. Like I come to a place of people telling you, you can't do that. You can't have that. Mm-hmm. Like people like us can't make money like that. Mm-hmm. So like these things people keep telling to you, they started like becoming my, I start believing them and they start Bad. becoming my own self-imposed uh, barriers. And then the crazy thing is like, this is like early hints of like the iron arm paradox, right? Before mm. I even knew what it was. Mm. So like I started to realize that like my fears, um, my insecurities, um, different doubts like that I had, like, you know, they was learned behaviors. Like they was learned behaviors from people around me, from my friends, from family, especially family, to be honest with you. Like it was a, a lot. So I started like noticing like these patterns with like um, with me and then other people. So like I started, I talk to people all the time, have a conversation, even my clients. It's the same patterns. We all are own harsh critic. We always, we are own big, biggest obstacle. Mm. But you know what we do? We blame everybody else. Mm. So actually we, we, that's what I started doing. Like I used to blame, I blame my parents coaches, all type of stuff I was doing. But it was a moment when I said, you know what? I'm responsible for everything that happened to me. Like, fault was irrelevant. Regardless of who did what and what happened, I'm responsible and get myself out of it. So therefore, like, I just started, like, identifying, like, all the roots of my problems and, and really understanding them and really going in and figuring out where they come from and why I have them. And when I started, like, tackling them, I started, like, changing my perception and my interaction with the world. So, like, 
Um, then I started reading a lot. Like a lot of it just was like once I got the environment, I was open to new experiences. I started having new conversations. Then I started reading a lot of different books. Um, and it started like giving me different perspectives of stuff that I already was thinking about before. Like like mm. you said earlier, you was like, sometimes you go home and you're like, yo, I shouldn't have did that shit. Like this was a like damn, you feel bad. You just be reflecting, mm. but then you don't do it. But like I started like reading stuff and I'm like, damn, like actually I feel like that. Mm. So it made me kind of go deeper and deeper. And then I found that a lot of people going through the same similar thing, mm. but they just, it's just self-awareness, growth and transformation. So what I did is like, I just kind of started saying, you know what? I want to help other people go through this journey. Like I want to help other people. Like I have the tools now. Mm. I, I've, I've, I've lived in many countries. I've mm. studied many things. Like I said, like I'm certified in neuro-linguistic programming. Mm -hmm. I'm certified in hypnotherapy and mm -hmm. timeline therapy. So like I have the tools now. So now I want to equip others with the tools to help them shed um, this, this iron armor, right? Mm -hmm. So they can live a, a purposeful life free of these self-imposed limitations. Because just think about it. Only thing that's holding all of us back from what we want is the story we tell ourselves. 100%. That's it. If you change that, your whole outlook on life will change. And that's what I did. One mm. day I was I was in an argument with my dad and I and I was I was worried mad about something. I talked about this in the book a little bit, but I was mad about something he did. And it was little and I shouldn't even been mad about it. And I just I just was like, you know what? I forgive him for this and mm. it's on me. And once I did that, I feel like I really got my personal power mm. and I was able to move forward in life. Mm-hmm. So that's so to conclude this, I, I thought this was a great, great interview. And you said mm -hmm. a lot of important points. But what I do want to ask is for somebody that is going down the self-improvement journey, what advice would you would you give them? If they didn't know the direction of how to start, you know, going down that path of self-improvement, if they're lost and they want to find their way what would you say that would be the best method or a method to take when trying to go down that road? Funny, it's kind of, uh, the honest truth, the first thing I would say is what I just said, but I would say, like, um, I think this is, a, a, first of all, a good question, and it's one that a lot of people, like, struggle with, right? Yes, yes. But the first half, the first step and the, the most important step, I think, is um, – is making a, a conscious decision to take accountability for your life. Mm. So like in uh in NLP, like this concept is called um being at cause. Mm. And essentially what it means is like it's just recognizing that you have the power to influence or steer your life direction. Mm. Like regardless of the external circumstances. And again, I go back to that quote I said. Like I always refer back to this. Fault is irrelevant. Fault is irrelevant. Like it's not about placing blame. It's about take or uh, it's about taking control. Um, so anybody feeling lost or uncertain about where to begin that journey, I just say, start claiming your personal power mm. and reflecting and recognizing that you have the power to shape, um, your destiny. If you need some guidance, look, seek, uh, mentorship, mm. seek coaching. Mm. Like you, sometimes we need help. And that's another thing. That's another part of vulnerability. I just want to click on just the ability to ask for help. Hey, look. Facts. I'm I'm lost. I need fucking help. I'm lost. It take a lot for us as men to just say that. Mm -hmm. But if you wanted to learn how to run fast, you want to learn how to box, you would go to a gym and say, yo, can you teach me this? Hey, like, can you teach me a technique how to run faster? Can you teach me a technique how to shoot the basketball at a higher percentage? But when it's our own mental self, our own inner self, we don't ask for help. So reach out, ask for help. Hey, I know that you did this. Could you help me? 
Mm-hmm. Get yourself a, a, a coach. And if you want, again, um, you can go to my website at uh, Bradley Martin Wellness. You can book a, a personal momentum call with me and then we can, uh, you know, dive dive in and just see if, um, you know, we're good fit for each other and we can get some things done and make some progress. Exactly. There you have it. There you have it. Man, Bradley, this was great. This was a great interview. We got a lot of we got a lot of uh, insight, a lot of gems that you dropped. It was just it was amazing. It was amazing. We had a nice dialogue going. We discovered different aspects of your book. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't wait to finish the book off and you know really um, pick your brain on the on the book and give you my reviews and you know t- discuss that. Um, but thanks again, yeah. Bradley, for coming on air and, you know, teaching us more about self-improvement and self-mastery and the importance of it and the importance of self-reflection. I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big believer of self-reflection and self-improvement, self-mastery. I'm really big on that. So even when you mentioned about the books and stuff of that nature, I'm a avid reader, especially when it comes to self-improvement books. And mm-hmm. I, I read some NLP books as well, so I do understand some of the concepts that you talk about. Yeah, it's definitely, um, yeah. it's it's a never-ending journey. It's a journey until you, you know, until you breathe your last breath. So you definitely got to continuously fight and keep trying to become 1% better every day. So again, I yeah. do want to thank you for coming on air and sharing your story and sharing your book. And guys, make sure to you know get a copy of Bradley's book, The Iron Armor Paradox. Yeah, um, and let them know the hard copy. The hard copy is now available too. Oh, oh where can they find that? Where can they find that? Yep. So right, yes. Yeah, so uh, if you go to my website, uh, BradleyMartinWellness.com, uh, you can go in there. And right now it's pre-orders, but it'll be available in about a week and a half. It'll be shipped out in a week and a half. Oh, perfect. Um, so. Um, Amazing. yeah, so go in there, get you a copy of the hard copy. I know a lot of people really like to have that physical book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just really think this is a book that is just, um, it's different than, you know, other stuff of book. It's not one of those five steps to hear six steps to success or, or mastery. It's just like, it's real tangible things that you can do. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, go grab your copy of that book. Um, and just share, you know, share it. I mean, we all look, looking to grow. We all looking to improve and I'm just here to assist. There you go. There you go. All right. All right, Bradley. All right. Take care. Take care. It's great talking. Thank you, guys. I appreciate y'all and and enjoy a good one. Thanks for sharing this space with me. I really am grateful and I really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. We'll definitely talk soon. Peace. Okay, cool. Yep. There you have it, guys. Bradley. Bradley Martin, the author of the Iron Ar- Ar- the Iron Armor Paradox. There you go. Journey to self-mastery, basically. Self-improvement. Um, you guys know where to check him out. He dropped his tags. Uh, BradleyMartinWellness.com. That's his website. If you guys wanted to delve into that, check out his book, The Iron Armor Paradox. This was a great conversation. A lot of insightful things for those that are struggling um, in life, especially with identity. 
Um, you know, which we all do to a certain extent. We definitely all have our own issues of self-reflecting, which a lot of us don't do. This is very important, especially because this goes back to even therapy and having someone to talk to sometimes, you know, being vulnerable with yourself. Everyone has different methods to get to that point, but mental health is a thing. It's very important. So you got to make sure you're strengthening your mental game as well as your physical game. Exactly. And that's all we have on the topic for today. This is the Far From Normal podcast with your boy, Sonny Frames. And your boy, Fuzzy Vision. And we are out. Deuces. So say goodnight to the bad guy. Come on. The last time you're going to see a bad guy like this again, let me tell you. Come on. Big way for the bad guy. You're not that guy, pal, trust me. You're not that guy. You got man enough to fuck with me. You can't last two minutes in my world. Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. No, God, please, no, 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 no! See, as you can see, the more you fuck around, the more you're going to find out. If you stay down here and you never fuck around, you'll never find out.